Welcome to the spirit world, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Well, hello there and welcome to the spirit world. I am Debbie Giorgiani with co-host religious demonologist Adam Bly and definitely you today. We are live for our monthly open forum show. It's usually a jam-packed show with lots of calls, lots of comments, questions, and hopefully some really good answers we can impart. So let's have a discussion, start calling. But Adam, we always begin with the St. Michael prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Adam, just for our new listeners, because we have new listeners each and every time we do the spirit world, here's how it works for our monthly open forum show. We take your questions, your calls, and your comments, and we have the show team in place. A senior producer, Tim Mott, is at the controls. We have wonderful Carol and Libby at the phones and monitoring social media. So we uh, really ask you to participate. We're so grateful to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network for carrying the show and the affiliates that do so as well. So open phone lines just for you at the spirit world. You can ask questions about angels, demons, anything in between, just anything that's on your mind or heart, because sometimes we have these things that are happening in our, in our world or we are participating in so where to go. We don't know who to talk to. We make a phone call, but we don't get the answers that we need. So please uh, make your phone call right now. Open forum today on the spirit world here's the number ready start dialing 877-757-9424 that's 877-757-9424 don't forget to like us or you can leave your comments at um here go the phones look at you guys go this is amazing I i think everybody who listens to the spirit world adam i think they're all like race car drivers or something what do you say (laughs) <laughs> I, I think the listeners are great. I think some of them are probably waiting for the show to start, so they were probably ready and had the number all, already. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And you're going to talk about it. I just We heard some news this morning, so uh, you know our listeners like to get to know us better, and you just um, sold one of your vintage cars. Tell us about it. I'm just curious. Oh, well, you know, to have kind of sanity and have some fun hobbies in life, I like to work on old cars. Um, it started when I was 16, so I, I had an old Chevrolet back then. And, you know, now that I'm a little bit midlife and um, wanting to get back in touch with that and just have something simple, mm-hmm. um, you, mm-hmm. you come away from some of the spiritual work, and it's nice to have something just very concrete and simple to do. So mm-hmm. I just I enjoy those. So you fix up these old cars and then you sell them, right? Yeah, sometimes sometimes I'll keep them for a while and mm. and enjoy them. But oh. to me it's it feels like a, you know, I know we have a lot of international listeners, but here in the states kind of vintage cars is uh has a very American feel, like an Americana mm-hmm. feel and sure. and getting in touch with your culture. So it's 
yeah, it's got a very nostalgic feel for me and, and something fun that started in my youth. So very cool. Very cool. That's awesome. Well, folks, this is our open forum. Uh, you bring anything to the table you want to talk about, you want to ask a question, uh, please. We're very friendly. Uh, Carol and Libby do a great job answering your calls. Here's how it works. You dial this number, 877-757-9424. You'll speak to Libby. She'll chat with you for a few minutes. Um, she'll put your uh, where how you're listening, if you're listening on EWTN.com or SiriusXM 130 or any of your local Catholic stations, you tell us that, or in the city, uh, give us your first name. If you don't want to use your, your real first name, you can use your, like maybe your confirmation name. That would be wonderful. We just don't like to address anonymous. It just sounds so impersonal, and we, we really want to get to know one another. Speaking of that, let's grow the family on Facebook. Um, but don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Spirit World Podcast. When we reference anything on this show, we post uh, the those... Um, um, great articles and different things that we uh, want you to uh, take note of and highlight. And most of it comes from EWTN. So we know it's a, it's a trusted source for all of us. So it's great, great stuff we're passing around on social media. I think it's a good use of social media. You can also email us tsw at grnonline.com. The emails come right to us and we will respond or we'll place you in the mailbag uh, the mailbag show for next week. Actually, we have the mailbag show next Saturday live. That's going to be, that's going to be so, uh, wow. Our mailbag is overflowing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to go fast up because the numbers, boy, the questions are coming in faster and faster, I think, as uh, as time goes on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, amazing. So we do have just a couple open phone lines. That's it. Uh, the all the other calls are being screened right now. So we'll get to the to the calls in just a moment. It'll probably be right after. Well, we may be able to get to one caller before the first break. But we are the Spirit World. We are your co-hosts, Adam Bly. I'm Debbie Giorgiani, and we love being with you each and every Saturday. We try to go live as often as we possibly can because you requested it. You wanted to call in and ask questions. You wanted to have access to us and uh, to ask those questions about angels or demons or anything in between. Adam, let me um, let me ask you a question, uh, very important, and maybe this will spark the phone lines. Anything you you're in weekly exorcism um, uh, work on a weekly basis? Anything going on we need to know about? Any kind of I don't know change in the atmosphere? <laughs> mm. You know, think, things don't really change when it comes to that story because it's it's kind of like the Gospels replaying in our lives today. It's mm -hmm. it's the same old story. The demons have the same old temptations, you know, um, and and the same old leverage. They like to use fear to try to get people to think that they're powerful. And, you know, we need to center our spiritual lives around demons and, you know, worrying about them and feeling defensive. They they want to get the spotlight on them, and and that's what they do in people's lives that are that are troubled. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the thing I've been noticing this year, Deb, is a big part of what I think Jesus wants from people that are troubled with these extraordinary problems is to trust Him, and you know, in a deep sense. Um, you know, you can think of Faustina, you know, and the and the. Um, the the painting you know jesus i trust in you which we use you know a small version of that painting in session sometimes just as a reminder that would be the big thing in the last year or two is mm -hmm. that 
it's a lot about trust because a lot of people I think are are putting too much emphasis on the demons and and about fearing them as opposed to trusting God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to trust God more, and that's why you know a lot of people may say, "Oh, Debbie, do you have some kind of OCD tendencies?" Because you say, "Jesus, I trust in you a thousand times a day." But we have to continue to build that trust because I've I've said this many times, Adam, and in in the uh, speaking engagements that I I get to um, be a, a, a give a talk at, I will say that the world is much louder than what we know to be true. The world is so loud. That's why people have a difficult time being in silence and being quiet. It's so loud. And we have to remind ourselves of the truth. And and I said this last time, the truth has a name and his name is Jesus. And we have to stay close to Jesus. So please, folks, make that phone call. If something's going on in your life you want to talk about, you're not sure if you can reach maybe your your parish or, or somebody that you trust, we're here for you. And we really appreciate your call. The number to dial is 877-757-9424. Maybe you're wondering if you should participate in a certain activity, if, you, if you're wondering if it could be an um, a, a, a opening to the demons. Adam's here to, to uh, explain some details about that because Adam is a religious demonologist. He's a paratus in his work, which means a church decreed expert. Adam, real quickly, a little bit about that so our listeners can feel confident that you can answer those questions. Sure. So so the church, and when people say the church, they mean the, the local bishop. Um, you know, my local bishop here in Pittsburgh, by his decree, has made me a, a formally recognized expert for the church in the areas of religious demonology and exorcism. And that was done because I train priests. Um, and I have for many, many years now. I just got back from a beautiful trip to Kansas where I was training um, most of the priests from a diocese there along with the bishop that was beautiful. Um, so yeah, that, that just means the church formally recognizes your expertise. And you know, that, that grew out of uh, a lot of training and exposure over the years uh, to get to that point. It's not something that is lightly, lightly given to folks. Mm-hmm. So that, um, you, you went to this training. How long was it? And do you do that on a yearly basis? Um, it was a, a couple of days. So a number of lectures spread out over a couple of days. I would say every year I probably visit one or two different dioceses in the country um, at the invitation wow. of the bishop and and train all the priests on the basics of this and, and a big focus mm-hmm. on what the parish priest can do. And then, of course, mm-hmm. we, we help train exorcists in the exorcism end of things, you know, the solemn exorcism. Um, we do that also, but that's more on a one-on-one basis. Wow. That is, that is powerful work. Thank you, Adam. Okay, you hear the music. Tim is right on cue. We're going to take our first break when we come back. We do have full phone lines plus, so keep calling. It's our open forum monthly. Uh, once a month we do this on the spirit world. You can ask any question about angels, demons. You can make a comment. You can suggest a future show for the spirit world. Please call us, 877-757-9424. When we come back, we'll go right to the phones.
When you find yourself peering into life's rearview mirror, wondering if your past will forever define you, it doesn't have to. Go to StandTallToday.com and register for your absolutely free consultation with one of our world-class life coaches. They can help you get started on a plan forward to living your best life. There's nothing to lose and an entire future to gain. Log on to StandTallToday.com for complete details. That's StandTallToday.com. Atheists often argue they don't need to give reasons for their position because they simply lack a belief in God. The assumption being theists alone have the burden of proof. But is this rational? The answer is no, and here's the reason. Atheism can't simply be a lack of belief. Dogs lack belief in God, but that doesn't make dogs atheists. Atheism makes a claim about the world. Namely, God doesn't exist. As such, atheists, along with theists, must shoulder the burden of proof. Even if an atheist says he simply hasn't found any good evidence for God, he would still have to prove why the evidence theists give for God is not good evidence. No matter how an atheist looks at it, he can't sit the sidelines when it comes to defending his position on the question of God's existence. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Well, you definitely have questions for the Spirit World because we have full phone lines on our open forum show for this month of January. Wow, Adam. January is flying by. Am I just getting older by the second? Don't answer that, Adam. Let's go to the phones. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's. Get, how do you feel about that? You want to go to the phones? Or you anything else you want to share with us? Absolutely. Nope. Let's, let's okay. do it. Okay. Okay. Lorraine is up first in Massachusetts on the Station of the Cross. Hi, Lorraine. Welcome to the Spirit World. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Adam. Thank you so much for this ministry. Um, I'm wondering if you have heard of a robot that's called LEQ. Um, it's promoted as being um, a, a robot that can talk to seniors who are lonely. No, not yet. I'm, I I'm watching. Oh, go ahead, Deb. Well, you, you, you want to comment first? Go ahead. You comment first because I actually saw a little tiny news blurb on it. But go ahead, Adam. Mm-hmm. Oh, just that I try to keep track of the robot stuff, the developments with AI and robots, but I, I can't keep track of it all. So, Lorraine, tell us, tell us about it and what your question is. Okay, the question is, is if it's really um, safe, I guess you could say. Is, um, so what it does, it, um, it's, it's kind of like this small, almost like a little Alexa type of thing that sits um, in their home and... And they get and it somehow gathers their information, what they like and what they don't like, and and then when that person is lonely, they can talk to this robot, and it will have a conversation with them. So mm. it just sounds a little funky. 
Well, let me comment on that, Lorraine, because this is just my my personal uh, opinion on this, and having uh, taken care of uh, my dad as as he um, was ending the the last couple of years of his life with with um, with cancer, and then my mom for eleven years. I wanted just to share this. I think technology used for that purpose to to uh, keep somebody, um, you know engaged and be a companion can be i think helpful at, to some to, at some level but i got i got to tell you this cuz i saw this quite frequently as people aged um it the visitors and the friends got less and less and less with my dad and with my mom and it it just simply broke it broke their heart in so many ways because these were people that they had uh, developed relationships with. We are made for community, Lorraine, and 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 I don't know if a if an AI you know robot could could take that place. Although, I don't want to see um, seniors who ha- are so filled with life experience and wisdom and knowledge, and they're so accomplished. They've lived a long, beautiful life to to sit there alone and not be able to say things. We're in a we have a real problem in this world. I have to tell you, we we I'm I'm a firm believer we need to make connection. And and maybe we should use technology to to do the old fashioned thing, Lorraine, to pick up the phone and call each other like those phone those phone trees and those phone groups that people have to to have support. I would rather see uh, human support, soul to soul, rather than the the AI version. But I will tell you, it probably we're we're probably moving in that direction. What do you say, Adam? Yeah. So. Lorraine, I think it's it's fine, as Deb said, on the basic level of, you know, they know they're just talking to essentially an AI. The only kind of caveat I would say to that is there is a version of these AI bots out there that tries to be your departed loved one through getting audio clips of their voice that are saved on the Internet and things that they've done and said, and it will simulate as if you're talking to your, you know, departed grandfather or something like that. I think that starts flirting with, um, you know, potential problems because that may lead somebody to get curious about using other apps to actually do spirit communication with that departed loved one. Um, and it can really blur the line. And um, so mm-hmm. I think there's, you know, potential problems with that. But mm-hmm. I think with this one where you know it's just Alexa or whatever um, is fine. Yeah, but the problem with that, I'd like to hear Lorraine's comment on this, Adam. You know, it may start off very innocent. Just give me your name, you know, some of the things you like, the food you like to eat or what you like to do. And then it gets deeper and deeper because, as we know, all these things can be transitioned into something that you get become addicted to and get and it could be destructive. What do you say, Lorraine? Would you kind of – are you, are you agreeing with us kind of choosing the uh, soul-to-soul human connection over these over these robots? agree with you that that's uh, that is so important but uh, I guess my concern was can they gather something in the house information of some sort of form? you know I mean I've heard where um, people who have Alexa or that type of thing Google um, that somebody else is intercepted into that conversation so mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. where my concern is is what exactly can this robot do can it get into stuff that it shouldn't be getting into yeah Lorraine that's just kind of a general you know that's a general um, question and trouble of our age Um, 
that's just the reality. You know, people have shown many times if you have conversations around your phone about a particular specific product, next thing you know, ads for that product are popping up on your phone. Mm -hmm. um, so we know that we sign off our privacy when we, you know, click the I agree to the user agreement on these various devices that they are allowed to listen and, and gather data about us and they sell it. Um, and that's how, you know, that's how these big companies make money. So it's just a choice. It's how much freedom do you want to give away in terms of um, your information being private? And you have to make a choice. Mm -hmm. If you're going to use these products, understand that you're probably allowing that data to be collected. Yeah, I would agree with that. Does that help for today, Lorraine? Yes, it does. Very much so. I appreciate it. Thank you both so much. Oh, God oh, bless thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a beautiful weekend. Thank you, Lorraine from Massachusetts. Okay, we'll get back to the phones in just a moment. Let's go. I just wanted to share that we had uh, Barbara from Trenton, New Jersey, wants to know, Adam, um, aliens versus demons. What should we believe? Are the demons disguised as aliens? Yeah, so this is a big topic, Deb. Um, most of the alien abduction experiences that people report I suspect strongly is sleep paralysis with hypnagogic hallucinations and that just means as you're waking up you're paralyzed for a few moments or maybe 20 or 30 seconds from basically your nose down because our uh, brain basically wakes us up in the wrong order a few times in our life and some people have this a lot and it's real scary because you can open your eyes but you can't you can't yell you can't move your hands you can't uh, take a deep breath and sometimes you're seeing the dream in the room while that's happening. So I strongly suspect that most of the alien abduction things are a misunderstanding of that sleep disorder. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, the stuff lying around in the sky, who knows? It seems vastly more likely that it's technology that we're not um, being told about yet. You know, government's usually 30 years ahead of what we're aware of. And will the demons pretend to be aliens? That one is an easy one. Yes, they will pretend to be anything that will make you drop your guard and enter into relationship with them. So they are more than happy to pretend to be your guardian angel, your totem animal, your departed grandma, um, anything, an alien, anything that's going to make you drop your guard. So they will certainly um, basically put on that, um, that costume for mm -hmm. people if that's going to work. So they, they'll use any means to try and deceive and try to get you thinking a certain way. And so we have to be really, really alert and aware of what the, the potential dangers, right, Adam? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. You know, particularly with ghost hunting and, and spirit mm -hmm. communication, you have to be really aware that these things that are pretending to be, um, you know, a supposed lost soul, because that, that idea doesn't exist, um, you know, or your relatives. Uh, through a Ouija board, a pendulum, or a digital recorder, um, anything that's that's claiming that, that's that's a trick. Okay. Once a month, we open the phone lines for you to call in and ask really anything that's on your mind or heart. Lorraine did such a great job, and so did Barbara and the others leaving comments and questions. You can always leave your comment or question on Facebook at the Spirit World Podcast, and, and Tim will pick the, up those questions there for next week's mailbag show, so that's wonderful. But if you'd like to speak to Libby and Carol, call us at 877 757 
888-344-1424. Before we hit the pause button in just a few minutes, let's let's welcome Travis. And Travis is in Thousand Oaks, California on GRN uh, online. Hello, Travis. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Can you hear me? Yes, okay. go right ahead. Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, but uh, lots of things uh, this last year for me. So it's been spiritually one of the most amazing, but also the one of the most painful. Um, you know, when you follow the Lord and when you... Basically, I was going one way and, and you know, I completely did. I had a turnaround. And I've had some things happen to me. I'm sorry this is emotional for me. Um, but anyways, I've got things going on in the house. Um, and it didn't start happening until, until I started going back to church and started doing things, praying. I go to the Latin Mass now. i um, been very attracted to the Latin Mass. Um, I've gone to confession. I go to confession like every I don't know, every two weeks. Um, you know, I've had to do some some real soul search. And, uh, but the thing that gets me is when I pray and then my son cries. And it's only when I pray. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm having a hard time getting this out for some reason. It just, it bothers me because I'm trying so hard to do the right thing, and I feel like I'm making my family suffer for it. You know, my poor wife has to deal with me, and I have, like, times where I'm, I get angry or, or whatever. Like, I had times where I was at, at work, and, you know, it started, something just started going in my head, like, a million times, saying the same word over and over and over. I don't want to say the word because I found out what it means, and it was a, a demon's name or something like that. I've had my house blessed like three times in the old right. I had a priest come over that actually said the Louis the Thirteenth prayer here, and I still have things going on, and I don't okay. know what to do. Okay, Travis. So, you know, first off, of course, I'm sorry to hear. You have stuff going on there. Um, there's a few things you need to do, of course. The first step is to, and you've probably done this, but it's worth saying, first step is to try to debunk it, try to find any uh, mundane, normal, worldly explanations for whether it's noises or, or different things like that that are going on. You need to not jump to the spiritual hypothesis immediately and try to start at the the mundane and and try to debunk those things just on a common sense level. Um, The thing about your son crying, you know, only when you pray, you have to be careful about that and and try to really, um, you know, pay attention to when he when he cries, because it's there's a thing called confirmation bias that we have, and we all do this as humans. When, we, when we're looking for um, something meaningful, let's say, you know, I get really fixated on the color green in the morning, and I go through my day, and every time a little bit of green appears in my field of view, either, you know, uh, whatever, a car or, you know, in a billboard or something that somebody hands me, I really focus in on the fact that it's green and say, oh, that's, that's, that's meaningful. I was f- thinking about green, and here it is. 
but it's because the brain is picking out the things that match what's kind of on our mind and, and what we've been focusing on. And what can happen, Travis, is if you're thinking that your son only cries when you pray, when that happens, you remember it, you really focus on it, you have a big reaction. But if it doesn't happen, we tend to forget it. And that's that confirmation bias. Things that confirm our beliefs, we remember and we, we focus on them. And the things that don't, we tend to forget just even without realizing it. So I would say, number one, calm down, try to debunk things, try to be at peace. Just have a balanced, good prayer life in the home. And if there's a spiritual problem, um, your son, it's between him and Jesus about whether something would be allowed to bother him. I assume that he's baptized, which is, you know, super important. And I'm, I'm sure he is, given what you described about your spiritual life. Um, I, I just wouldn't worry about him because Jesus loves us. He particularly loves children. We know that from the Gospels and he's protective of them. So I don't think he would allow um, kind of a, a backlash on your, on your son just because you're praying. What do you think, Deb? I agree with you. Everything everything um, Adam said, um, Travis, he was spot on. And I just want to share this with you. First of all, I think you did a beautiful job sharing what's going on. You can hear it in your voice. It's really troubling you. It's bothering you. But but Travis, don't don't go through this alone. You reached out um, to call us, and that's wonderful. And and we understand that you're you're going through this and trying you're trying to figure it out. What's happening with you and um, you taking back your your faith and and going to church and now all these things are starting to happen. So here's what I would suggest. Please go to your pastor that you trust. Talk to your pastor about it. Keep that conversation going. Get get some spiritual direction in that area. Also, find a very um, uh, uh, trusted... um, Catholic Christian um, therapist to help you to to navigate some things that are going on just on a, on a regular life level. Get a team around you, Travis. I have a gigantic team around me. I mean, can I do it alone? I probably could, but it'll be very difficult. But I love having a support team around me. Adam has a support team. We all do. Priests have support. They have their support uh, in their brother priests. They have teams. So don't don't feel like you have to do it alone. And know that there's help out there. Does that our answers? Does that bring you a little bit of peace today, Travis? No, because that's kind of like what everybody's told me, and you know I've had. You know, things moving in my house. I've had, you know, I get cold things of air around me. I get goosebumps. I get, you know, if I throw holy water, I get stuff that happens. You know, it's it's something in my house. And like last, the other, just the other night, something was tugging my legs while I was sleeping. You know, I don't know what it is. I have no idea what this what this thing is, but it's it's in my house. I know well, for a fact. Oh. Okay, then let me ask you this, because let me ask this on behalf of everybody that's listening right now, if something similar is happening. Adam, in this situation, shouldn't Travis go to his diocese and express that something is going on and he really needs some kind of help? Because, I mean, it, it, aren't, I mean, the, di- the different dioceses around the country, they're set up to handle a lot of these situations, right? Usually there's somebody appointed to help with these things, and, and Travis... It's so important that your diocese work with you there locally, because if you had called me, like, let's say you had lived in in the diocese I work in, 
we would have done a, an intake interview that would take 45 minutes or an hour where I would ask you a ton of background questions about everything from your spiritual background, your families, the house, when you moved in there, when these problems started, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, for instance, whether there's any, any items in the house that may have had some type of attachment to, to something in the past, um, we can't do it in just a few minutes on the radio to go through all of that. So that's, that's kind of what I agree with what Deb is saying there. It's, it's important to connect with somebody that can help you walk through all the possible layers to that, because if it's spiritual and the, you know, the minor exorcism has been done over the house and it's been blessed. There's, if it's spiritual, there's something else that needs to be figured out there about what's, contributing to mm -hmm. this issue maybe, maybe there's something in the house that came in could that be could that be possible adam that's yeah, something I'm not, I'm not go ahead travis that's what i you know this was a family house that we've it's been in my family that they're the only owners i kind of mm -hmm. grew up in and out of this house and so mm -hmm. i don't know the ins and outs but i did i'll tell you one thing that happened is i, w I had prayed because i i put myself on the father rippinger's uh prayer protocol so I do the angel is, I do the, you know, six noon and six, I pray the oxylium Christiorum. And I've been doing that for the last, like, almost 12 months. This, this happened, in, like, last May and when it really started happening. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, um, I forgot what I was saying. You, you said something <laughs> happened sorry. in the house. You were talking about a specific. Oh, oh. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I, I, he, his thing was to pray to the Lady of Sorrows, and he said, just keep praying. So I prayed an Avena to the Lady of Sorrows, and then out of the blue, my mom calls me and says, oh, I found your grandfather's mason card. And then so I went and renounced it, had a priest, did all everything. I even felt like something lifted off me. I come home, and it's still here. And I'm like, I, don't, I just don't know what – whatever it is is holding on to something here that has happened either happened here happened with me that i'm not aware of or it's attached to me or it's attached to something in the house because i can't that's the thing is like i mean i've been like i pray an hour every 12 noon and 12 and you know and this thing will attack me while i pray so let me ask you two questions travis and and then we'll probably have to mm -hmm. be as much as we can do here uh, first question is, when you stay elsewhere, like traveling on the road in a hotel or while you're at work, do you ever have these experiences? Um, I do. I, I did for a while, but when I started the prayer protocol, it started to, like, die now. So, so it would only happen in the house then? And now it's like, yeah, mainly it seems like it's in the house. Every once in a while, I'll feel like, I'll get something to like, it's, it's the feeling I get when I know this thing is around me. It's, it's like, I'll get complete goosebumps. And especially when I'm, I'm saying something that's holy, or if I'm looking at, like, if I go to church, I'll feel it too at church. Like I'll okay. get the holy, it's the, you know, I'll feel like these goosebumps. And mm -hmm. so I, I don't know if it's me, I don't know if it's the house or I don't okay. know what's going on, but there's so, so Travis, the second question is, does anybody else in the house have the same experiences and, uh, you know, say, yeah, yeah, I heard that too, or yes, I see that too? No, just me for the most part. Because I, I asked my wife, I'm like, do you hear these things at night? Because, it, 
And she goes, no, I don't even notice anything. She goes, I don't feel it. And it's just, it's just mainly me. So, and I don't have any history of psychological problems or mental problems, right. you know, right. not, not, nothing like that in my family. You know, um, it's just, I think, I just think whatever I was doing before and when I, as soon as I did that 180 turnaround, it was mm-hmm. like not happy with that. Well, Adam, why don't you make some final comments for today? And then, and, and Travis, you can always reach us um, at tsw at grnonline.com. I just want to give you the email address. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, just, you know, in general, when people are, are struggling with these things causing, obviously causing, you know, consternation, fear, anxiety. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but one thing you have to be careful of is praying too much. And by that, I mean getting into this idea that, well, I need to say, and I'm not saying, Travis, that you're saying this. I'm I'm saying in general, one thing to watch out for is, well, I need to add another novena and I need a fifth devotion and I need to say these prayers because it can grow to the point, Travis, where um, your primary ministry, which is fatherhood, right? You mentioned you have a baby. Your primary responsibility as a Christian father is to provide for your family and get your wife to heaven and help get your your son to heaven, your baby to heaven um, as they grow. And if and if the prayer life causes gets to the point where it's interfering with work or it's taking away from your time with your family, it's actually unbalanced at that point. And there have been saints that the, the demons have oppressed and have actually told them to pray too much because it takes away from the other ministry that they're supposed to be doing and their proper responsibilities. So I know that sounds counterintuitive, but we want to have more trust in Jesus in terms of our basic prayer life, our basics of going to mass and confession. And don't don't kind of spiral into things where, you know, now you're praying six hours a day and, you know, still kind of anxious about it. We want to kind of be at peace and approach our spiritual life in a gentle way. Right, right. Great words. Thank you, Travis. Keep in touch with us. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it so very much. You hear the music. We do have uh, full phone lines plus, so we're going to try to get to everybody. Uh, We're going to go really, really fast. When we come back, we've got Frank and Brad and Joseph and the others. So please stay with us on The Spirit World. This is our uh, once a month open forum show. So you can join this long group that is uh, lined up, ready to get on air with us at 877 757 9424. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Social media has enabled us to be more connected than ever with the people from our past, friends who we rarely see, and family who live far away. This can be a great blessing, but when used without guidance by our children, social media can actually deform a child's development. An essential aspect of a child's development is their relationship to the world. This happens through interactions between a child and their peers and a child and adults. Because of social media, most teens are overwhelmingly more influenced by their peers than by the adults in their lives. This is a problem. 94% of parents underestimate the activity of their children on social media. Don't be that parent. Use filtering and monitoring apps to protect your child and stay engaged in their tech use. Or better yet, hold off on introducing your child to social media. You want to be the strongest influence in your child's life for as long as possible. 
For our full podcast on this topic and for downloadable resources, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Stand Tall is now offering advanced group coaching sessions with master coaches highly trained in life skills. Visit StandTallToday.com and register for one of our upcoming group coaching events. These virtual opportunities are designed to take you to the next level of life in your relationships, career, faith walk, and so much more. Space is limited. Hurry to StandTallToday.com and sign up for one of our advanced group coaching sessions. StandTallToday.com the spirit world continues with debbie giorgiani and adam Bly. if you have a question for the show call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Okay, back to the phones we shall go here on The Spirit World. Next Saturday is our monthly mailbag show. It is live, though, so you can um, call in and make your comments, but we're going to pull from the mailbag because it is just overflowing. So we're, we're trying to get to everybody, folks. A lot of people have very detailed information about their current situation. So we're trying to kind of put everybody together in different groups and um, continue to do the show. So please be patient with us, please. A uh, number to dial if you'd like to get in on this show. We're going to go very fast now for this open forum, 877-757-9424. We'll go to Frank in Philadelphia, listening on EWTN.com. Hi, Frank. Welcome to the spirit world. Hey, good morning. Um, I have a question. How do you determine if something's demonic or the devil trying to get weak in you or just by chance? Meaning, I have a friend who told me about the station a while ago. Pretty much... Everything happens to me, he says, it's demonic. It's the devil trying to get at you. I just think it's the bad, like I got, like I said, medical problems. It's just by genetic mutations, not because of the devil. I'm sober, alcoholic. I've been drinking for a while. This year so far, I had dreams about drinking. He always says, it's the devil trying to get at you, weaken you. I don't believe in that stuff. There's a Ouija board in my parents' house. I never played it. My sister and cousins did. I don't believe the devil can get inside you unless you want him to. Or like, you know, I graduated high school 40 years ago. The Rolling Stones, that one song. People said, watch out for that song. That's about the devil. It's a song. It's not nothing about the devil. How do you determine what's really demonic? Or can a devil get in you if you don't believe in them? Great question. Okay, Frank, we're going to let Adam answer that. That's actually an excellent question. Adam? Yeah, so Frank, basically it's true that the demons can't uh, enter a person and possess them unless the person asks for it. The only exception to that is in the sad situation where the parents, instead of baptizing the child, give the child, the baby, over to the demonic. And sadly, there are situations where that happens um, because the parents have full spiritual authority over the baby to make that choice for them. Um, So basically, yes, you have to invite this stuff by playing around with either black magic or spirit communication, something along those lines. Now, it's really hard to there is no simple litmus test to say, well, you can do this and then, you know, you'll know whether this dream is coming from the devil or is just your alcoholism. Um, it's probably just your alcoholism. If you're if you're a sober alcoholic, your brain is focusing on that and our dreams are often our 
kind of desires. Um, so basically, Frank, I wouldn't be anxious about it. Um, the church tends to identify things that are extraordinary before saying that's a demon. Like we don't tend to say, well, that temptation is an extraordinary demonic problem and, you know, a devil's in you or something. There has to be something really unusual going on to say that there's a demonic problem because we know that temptation comes you know from a few different layers it can come from our passions our bodies can come from the world in terms of greed etc um, and then also from the devil so basically frank i would i would relax about it and um, what do you yeah. think Deb? I, I agree with you but frank i wanted to ask you um if you're if you feel comfortable sharing how is your faith life like what do you are you trying to get closer to god each day Yes, I listen to EWTN on Saturdays, relevant nice. radio, every day of the week. I have a, I'm pretty much housebound due to medical problems, but mm -hmm. I'm lucky. I have a great priest from my parish comes once a month, give me communion, and real communion, not spiritual communion. <laughs> and um, I, I do the rosary every day. I do a bunch of prayers every day: Saint Andrew, Saint Anthony, Saint Raphael, Saint Michael. Perfect. And what Adam said, I just want to make a comment, please. Sure. Go for anyone ahead. out there who's, who's new in recovery or you've been there for a while, for me it'll be four years of March. The first year and a half, two years was rough. I thought about drinking every day, but I, but I didn't. The last two years, almost two years, that's great. I don't think about it. And those dreams I had, I just thought my brain was, was thinking about drinking, but I wasn't. <laughs> that's all. No big deal. The devil's, mm -hmm. I don't believe the devil's going to get in me unless I want him there. And Adam right. clarified that. That's all. Okay, good. Frank, we're really um we're really with you. I put you in the prayer book to, for continued um to we all need that that extra infusion of of grace and, and so we can keep going and 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 keep up this the uh strength and endurance and and determination. And Frank, you sound awesome and you have a you have a priest visiting you and and all of that. So way to go. So keep in touch with us. We love that you listen to the spirit world. Thank you for that, sir. And listen the radio in my bedroom, I spend a lot of time laying down. EWTN does not come in up there. It's not demonic. It's an old radio. That's all. Mm -hmm. I get down on the weekends. That's all. Right. <laughs> right. Thank right. you. Thank you, Frank. Stay in Bye -bye. touch with us. Okay. God, God bless, bless you. you. Yes, that was a beautiful call. Have a beautiful weekend. Okay, we're going to go to Brad, and Brad is up next. I just want to make sure we're, yep, Brad is up next in Minnesota on uh, Sirius XM 130. Hi, Brad. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Go right ahead, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my question is, um, on, I believe in um, um, like the rosary and stuff like that. Is there something like you wear around your neck, like a scapula or anything, that helps you defend against that evil? Yeah, Brad. I mean, there's different sacramentals um, that people use. One really good one is the St. Benedict medal. Um, on the back of it are a number of letters, and those are actually the first letters of a Latin, essentially in a kind of an exorcism. It's a prayer to keep the devil away. And so um, you can look it up online. You can Google it, St. Benedict Medal. That's good. Um, <clears throat> but I would always say just the basic crucifix. You know, one thing you want to focus on, Brad, is, is moving towards God as opposed to worrying about the devil. The, the demons are allowed to tempt us. That's something God is allowing because through, through struggle, we get stronger and we gain wisdom. Um, but you don't want to feel like um, you're vulnerable without an object. 
you if you're, you know, you have a good relationship with Jesus. That's the most important thing. And the object is great. It's a sacramental. It reminds you, you know, of aspects of your faith. It helps prepare you for the sacrament. That's the definition of a sacramental. But don't make it into a magical talisman and say, you know, if I don't have this, I'm going to be vulnerable. The, the most important thing is your relationship with Jesus, which is a personal living relationship. These other things are great. You can go ahead and use them. Um, but I'm just encouraging you to, to mm -hmm. focus on your spiritual life first. Yeah. Brad, does that help today? Yes. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank sure. you. God bless God you. God bless you. Have a beautiful weekend. Okay. Kelly is up next in Albany, New York on Sirius XM 130. Hi, Kelly. Hi there. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Thank um, you. I have a kind of unusual experience. Um, between the ages of 9 and 19, I'm much older now, um, we ended up belonging to what essentially became or was a, a cult that had Catholic orientation. And during this time, they would hold retreats. There were three priests, and there was a man who claimed to be having visions of our Lord and Our Lady. And they would have men's retreats, women's retreats. Uh, they would have mass, confessions, all that kind of stuff. And it turned out that the man uh, who was the leader um, ended up sexually abusing young boys on their retreat weekends, sanctioned by the priests that were there, unfortunately. Um, however, m my question is, like, if they had 24-hour adoration when we were there. So after mass adoration, we'd all sign up. Um, I would feel, especially um, going down the hallway at night, if I did 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning adoration for an hour, um, evil in, in the house. And when I went down to the chapel where the Eucharist was, uh, I would feel an evil presence in the chapel area, not on the altar. I could still feel Christ's presence on the altar, but certainly there was an evil presence. When that man... Uh, ended up coming to our house because we'd have prayer meetings on Thursdays. This was from out of state as well. Um, I could feel an evil presence as well when he was in the house, um, very strongly. Um, and I have never felt that kind of presence intensely since then. Um, and the, the group broke up and everything. But how can Satan be in a chapel with our Lord, his presence there? It doesn't make any sense to me. Sure, Kelly. So, so first off, everything the devil does is with permission from God because he's a mere creature and he was created by God. He's allowed to continue to exist through God's permissive will. The other aspect of it, I guess, I would point you back to the book of Job in the Old Testament that describes Satan going to the throne room of God in heaven and answering questions to God about what he's been doing and petitioning God for permission to afflict Job in different ways and then getting direct instructions from God. So we see an example there where approaching the Lord in any aspect of the Trinity is allowed if God allows it. So is it uncomfortable for them to be near the Blessed Sacrament? For sure, I've seen that definitively. To be near a tabernacle is painful to the demonic, but I have seen many cases where people, there's been extraordinary demonic activity, you know, in chapels or churches. Um, it's more about the relationship of the person, as you said, 
this person's relationship with the demonic. It's more about that than anything else. And that was, given that they had authority over these events, that was probably impacting how much of the overall event, you know, was given over to the demonic. Okay. All right, that actually was very helpful because I've been trying for years for someone to give me a, a decent answer for that. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. Well, well Kelly, sense. Kelly, Thank you it. came to the right place. Adam's been doing this work how many years, Adam? About 17 years. 17 years, Kelly. So stay in touch. <laughs> yeah, stay in touch with us, please. I sure will. Thank you so much for your help. Appreciate okay. it. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Okay, we um we actually have just a minute. We're going to squeeze Joseph in from Springfield, Massachusetts, um, on I believe uh, probably the Station of the Cross. Hi, Joseph. Hello. Oh, Joseph, you need to turn your radio down behind you because you're going to hear me twice. Okay, it's uh there you go, Joseph. Go right ahead. Oh. You know what? We're going to have uh, Tim pick up the phone. I'm sorry, Joseph, you hear the radio in the background, but um, uh, Joseph, uh, let me just uh, announce this. I, uh, the comment is, if is it a sin to miss Mass because of the cold weather? Adam, do you want to comment first on that? Well, it, basically, you know, if you're unable to go, then you're unable to go. That's not a sin. Uh, sin is when we understand something is against God's law and we choose to do it anyway. So when you're not going to mass, generally your bishops, your your diocese or the bishops conference will always say, for instance, if you're ill and in bed in a hospital, you're not expected to somehow make it to mass, right? You're you're being impeded by just life realities. Mm-hmm. So if it is so unusually cold that it's a danger to you, or it's or it's hazardous to do it then no it's not a sin to miss i would i would encourage you to watch the mass on ewtn and pray for yeah Mm -hmm. pray for a spiritual communion when you're unable to make it yep okay joseph sorry we couldn't get you on air with us next time you can call us in next month on the open forum michelle in iowa uh, thank you for calling in from Iowa Catholic Radio. We're not going to get to you, but you have an interesting question. So please uh, give the question over to Libby for our mailba- mailbag show next Saturday. We ask you to join us for that mailbag show. Please do so. We want to thank Tim, our senior producer, Libby and Carol at the controls and social media. You guys are awesome. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at the Spirit World Podcast. That That's it, folks. For Adam Bly, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. Have a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon.